another week of Tri Talk SA. I'm Brad Brown, your host, and what a week of triathlon it has been. The 5150 Ikuruleni Africa Championships took place uh, in Johannesburg this past weekend. And this show has got some great interviews from that race. We have both the winners, Henry Skuman and Andrea Stein, on the show this week as well. Uh, and then uh, a young lady who has uh, overcome some serious obstacles to complete her first triathlon. Uh, Gabby Rosario is who we chatted to this week. And then I also touched base with Paul Kay, just to give us a bit of a wrap of the race and uh, just chat a little bit about some of the other things he's involved in uh, around the triathlon world. And if you're planning on heading down to Ironman 70.3 in Buffalo City or the Ironman in Port Elizabeth, the full-distance Ironman next April, you will be very interested to hear what Paul Kay has got to say because he's got something that can help you. So make sure you stay tuned uh, for that part of the show this week as well. Uh, as always, I love hearing from you. Some great tweets and Facebook messages and emails coming through once again this week. If you'd like to be in touch, you can tweet us at TritalkSA. You can also pop me an email. It's podcast at TritalkSA.co.za. Or alternatively, you can pop us a message on Facebook. It's pretty easy to find us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash TritalkSA. Uh, and then I mentioned last week as well, if you listen to this podcast on the Apple platform, I asked you if you would be so kind to leave us a review and a rating, a star rating. I can tell you we are up this week. Uh, once again, thanks to your help. What that does is it just uh, helps iTunes rank us better. The more ratings and reviews we have, uh, the easier it is for people to find us in iTunes. And uh, got uh, a message or a review in, I should say, and I'm going to butcher this name. Apologies up front. Uh, I have no idea how to pronounce this. It's uh, H-I-E-T-A-Z-E-C-A, Height Tezka. Uh, I think, I'm not sure, uh, but give us a five-star rating. says, awesome podcast. This podcast has great interviews and updates on races in South Africa. Great. Love it. Thank you so much. We love hearing from you. Uh, and if you are on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind just leaving us uh, a quick review. It literally only takes 30 seconds of your time, uh, and it helps us build this platform and build TriTalk SA. The more people know about it, uh, obviously, the more people listening, and the better it is for the sport. More races for you to race better quality races as well. So it just helps everyone by getting the word out about the sport that we all love so much. But without further ado and uh, me yakking, let's head straight into this week's show and we kick things off with the winner of the 5150 Kuruleni Africa Champs. We start with Henry Skuman. Well, yesterday, the inaugural 5150 Kuruleni Africa Championships took place uh, out on the east strand of Johannesburg. It was a superb race. Started out a bit chilly, uh, lots of wind about as well, so that made the swim really, really interesting. Uh, a couple of the boys actually uh, blew off course slightly, so made the swim course slightly longer uh, than what uh, the 1.5 it should have been. Uh, but yeah, also made life difficult out on the bike. And then the sun came out and got quite hot on the run and really chuffed to have on this week's show uh, the winner. Henry Skuman. Henry, welcome back on to Try Talk SA. Thanks for, for the catch-up. Yeah, thank you for having me on here again. It's great to to be on Try Talk SA. Henry, you must be must be really stoked about your win yesterday. I, I was uh, watching you and, and gee, I tell you what, it was it was a pleasure to see you in full flight. Yeah, thank you so much. It was really great to have a great performance and feeling good again. Um, I have been really tired from a lot of traveling this year and 
to, and I think my body recovered quite well from all of that, and my body was feeling really, really good yesterday. So I was happy I could push my body to the limit and race really well, and really ecstatic about the win. Henry, tell tell me a little bit about your race. I mean, I mentioned that the the winds it, uh, made the swim pretty choppy, but I mean, you're from the coast, so. I mean, swimming in, in choppy conditions for, for guys like yourselves, probably not too much of a, of a mission compared to guys inland here in Joburg. It, it, it makes quite a big difference, but uh, slightly longer as well. Did that play into your hands? I mean, you had quite a big gap coming out of the water. Yeah, it probably worked into my advantage a little bit more. I could maybe gain an extra 10 or 15 seconds because of the extra distance. But yeah, the, the swim was okay for the first, say, um, thousand meters and then coming back to transition it, it was really choppy and the waves were coming like kind of head on and that was also hard for myself so I can imagine it could have been a little bit harder for the for, for the little bit weaker swimmers. Henry I'm actually so glad you said that because I mean I chatted to quite a few guys after the race yesterday I had a whole bunch of mates age groupers just the average sort of weekend warrior and they were just saying how hard it was coming back and, and they'll be super, super stoked to hear someone like you saying how hard it was coming back. It's going to make them feel a lot better about their yeah. swim, I can tell you that much too. And then Henry, yeah, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely harder coming back. Brilliant. And, and then as far as the, the, the bike course goes, I mean, it was fairly windy for, for Johannesburg. I mean, it was fairly windy. You guys from the coast are, are fairly, fairly used to windy conditions. But uh, as far as the bike goes, I mean, you came into transition and uh, Henry Costas from France was, was right behind you heading out of transition. But, uh, I mean, as far as the bike goes, you're pretty happy with the way things went? Yeah, I was happy with the bike. Um, I, I didn't push myself too hard to the first turnaround. I basically wanted to be comfortable because of also going back to the run. Um, there was there was that hill to get up, so you don't want to be kind of in the red when you when you have to go up that hill. So I was keeping reserves, and at the turnaround, I, I could more or less measure where I was um, with my competitors, and I could see the Frenchman caught up a lot, and. So I started working a little bit harder. He caught me with about six k's to go, and I and then I I just tried to stay with him on the flats. On the uphill, I was I was fairly comfortable just staying with him, going all the way into the transition for the run. And I mean, there was there was just a few seconds gap. I mean, you say he caught you on the bike. I mean, you had a, a fairly substantial lead out of the water, so he must have had a, a blinder of a bike. But and then just looking at the finish times, I mean, you ended up beating him by by two and a half minutes. Your your run was superb yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. The Frenchman firstly had a had a very good bike. He he was a he was a great competitor on the day. And yeah, I think he might have blew his legs up a little bit too much on the bike to try and catch me. But um, yeah, I, I was feeling great on the day, and my run was feeling really good, and I was really confident to race well. So I, yeah, I was race had a really good run. Henry, I wanted to ask you, I mean, you, you've had a, a, a superb season on the ITU circuit, which, I mean, those races are obviously drafting races. How, how much of a difference does non-drafting make in a race like yesterday where, where it's, you can't sit in a bunch, it's, it's man on man? Um, I think it's a little easier, actually, because um, you, you get into like a, a rhythm and it's a controlled hurt. And with the ITU racing, it's, it's intensity and it's uh you're standing up out of corners you you're going max out you you take your turn in the front at high speeds so really like it's it's on and off on and off and it really hurts your legs after a while with the non-drafting you get into a nice rhythm you you can concentrate you can work on just keep on a constant watchage push it through and yeah it's a little bit easier because you yeah you just get into a comfortable kind of hurt and then you just go into that run and do your best there awesome 
Henry, you, you've had a had an amazing season. I mean, I mentioned that ITU circuit. You broke into the top ten this year at the end by the end of the season. So you must be must be happy with that. And 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 a great win this weekend. You you're the African champion. Looking ahead to to next season and and uh, sort of the, the future going ahead. What what are the plans from now until sort of racing that ITU circuit again? Yeah, this year I've learned so much. Um, really happy with how it's gone, and I really want to still work on on some things that I'm that need working on and yeah definitely looking forward to still improve next year um my I really want to focus on the Commonwealth Games next year because that will be a, a good stepping stone towards Olympics in 2016 yeah. and yeah just focus on the, on the small small things that still need working on and hopefully I can get get down to the top ranks that sounds sounds amazing, Henry. I have to ask. The last time we chatted, you were saying you you, you didn't have a bike sponsor. Have, have you managed to sort one out yet? Uh, no, not yet. Still not. I can't believe that, Henry. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put it out there as well. Once again, here on Try Talk SA. I mean, you're one of the best in the world. It's ridiculous that nobody's willing to give you a bicycle, man. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is really hard. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm just gonna wait for the for when something comes along. Brilliant. And as far as next season, I mean, on the ITU circuit, you mentioned the Commonwealth Games. Are you going to be basing yourself in SA again and, and traveling north for the races, or um, are you thinking of basing yeah, yourself I, in Europe? I'm, I'm definitely going to, I'm planning a lot lot better next year. Um, I, I'm getting involved with the French Grand Prix racing next year, and hopefully I'll use um, a couple of those races just to base myself there in Europe and get along to some of the European um, events. And yeah, I really want to cut back on a lot of the traveling up and down from South Africa to Europe and around the world because it does take its toll on you. And yeah, I'll definitely try and plan better. I'm sure. Henry Skuma, once again, congratulations on your win yesterday and thanks for chatting to us. It's always a pleasure having you on and we look forward to chatting again in the future. All right, yeah, thank you so much. It's been a great opportunity. Well, we've chatted to the men's winner here on this week's show, and it's a pleasure to have the ladies' winner on the show once again. Second time as well for Andrea Stain. Andrea, well done on your win yesterday. You must be, be super, super chuffed. Yes, yeah, sure. No, I'm very chuffed. It was quite a um, hard race, and um, but a wonderful, wonderful venue. And you know, I'm so happy to win the, the Africa 50 on 50 champ. So definitely a good race. <laughs> Andrew, you, you say it was a tough race. Uh, I mean, I was standing in, in T2 when, when you got off the bike and, and Lucy Zillenkova-Reed was absolutely flying. I mean, she got out of the water. I think she was sixth overall. She was in with the, with the elite men. She had a huge gap on you heading, heading out of T, T1. You must have had an absolute blind of a run. Yes, you know, I was, I was so lucky that my, my dad was next to the road and he, he was able to give me some time splits. And, um, yeah, when I, once I got out the water, Lucy had more than almost a three minute gap. So I know it was going to be a tough race and I had to stay positive throughout the bike. And even when I got off the bike, she still, I didn't lose too much time on the bike, but I still knew it was going to be such a tough run to, to try and catch her. I, at first, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to catch her, so um, I was very happy when I when my dad shouted next to the road that actually the gap's going down. So then it it sort of was a bit positive to to, to go into the second lap. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was an amazing race to watch. And, and I mean, like I said, it was a big gap. I, I don't know the exact times that you probably do know because you were getting those splits. But, uh, I mean, you did some, some real hard work on that. And Lucy's no mug. I mean, she's, she's just gone under that nine-hour Ironman mark. So she's got the endurance and, and the fuss bait, if you want to put it that way. So, so you must be over the moon managing to chase her down. You mentioned the, the new venue out in Ukuruleni. It's the first time uh, that this race has taken place there, although other races have happened at the same venue as a new route. T- tell us your experience and what did you think of the actual venue and the route itself yes now the venue I, I mean it's a wonderful venue um, if you see what the Ekuruleni municipality and everyone's done to the to the venue I mean that's done um, a really it's a, quite a shift towards the old races that was there and it's really suitable to to handle all those big fields and um, you know a wonderful venue definitely um, a good place to have a race it's close to the airports for athletes to come and, come and compete so and I think the majority of the triathletes is based in Gauteng so to have such a big race um, in our basically our hometowns is such a big advantage um, yeah but like you said um, winning Lucy coming back to that, um, you know, I was, I really, I knew it was going to be such a tough challenge. She, she just finished, um, you know, did the sub out nine hour Ironman, which is such a good, um, result for Lucy. So I knew it was going to be tough. And yesterday the swim, unfortunately, some of the boys, um, were blown away. So the swim was actually very long. So when I, when I heard the time split, um, when I, once I got out the water, initially I thought I had a bad swim, but, um, afterwards I actually, I didn't have such a bad swim at the end because it, it was almost two kilometers. So, you know, so that's a positive thing to, to go ahead with. And, but like I said, it, it, it was really, um, um, Lucy's a superb athlete and it was, um, an honor to race against her. And I'm happy I could have, could run yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, you, you talk about that swim and, and that, I mean, it, it's one of those unfortunate things. I mean, the wind was absolutely pumping yesterday morning yes. at the start of that swim and those boys, it's just unfortunate and, and that sort of played into Lucy's hands because the swim is, is her sort of, one of her strong points so she managed to get that gap but she managed to close it as well and also uh, finishing up the podium was Lauren Dance. She had a, a superb race yesterday as well. Yes, yeah. Um, I was, I was, like I said, normally Lauren's ahead of me on the swim. So I was very surprised when I got into T1 and I saw, well, everyone's bike was still there. So I must be second lady. So, um, yeah, but Lauren, Lauren's really a good athlete. Um, I think she's developing also into a triathlete suitable more for the non-drafting races. And, um, yeah, definitely it's good for South Africa. She's also been racing with some of the races in America. So I think she's, she's got some experience and, um, is someone to look out for in the future definitely I mean, we chatted to you not so long ago on the show and, and we sort of spoke about your season and what your plans were after this one now I mean you've picked up the 250 uh, 50 wins here in South Africa what's next on the cards for you Andrew um, there's, there's a race um, the, the Rockman Triathlon which is the 1st of December which is a bit of a, a, an off-road event which I'm going to try out just to just on, for some training for, for um, half Ironman but the biggest race is is going to be the 70.3 in January so that's what my training is going to be towards now and I've done it before I did not have a great race so I'm very happy and looking forward to to, to take on the challenge to, to finish strong um, in East London yeah, I mean, it's still early days in the season and, and you've got it off to a great start. Two big wins already and, and hopefully you can carry that through all the way through to, to East London in January. 
Yes, yeah, no, I, I must say, I'm, like, yesterday I'm very happy with my, my running. So, and I, I felt really good off the bike, which is a good sign. So, I think the training is starting to pay off. But, I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done. The, the half Ironman is a completely different event. It's, it's, it's twice the distance. I mean, it's all nutrition comes into play and all those little things. So, um, just to get that right, it's already going to be a, a positive for me. So, I'm really looking forward to the training for the next two months. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, Andrew, congratulations once again. The 2013 5150 Africa champion. That sounds nice. It's got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. No, very happy to, to have that behind my name now. <laughs> fantastic. Andrew, once again, thanks for chatting to us and, and congrats on that, uh, that fantastic race yesterday. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, we've been chatting lots this week about uh, the 5150 Kuruleni Africa Champs uh, that took place this past weekend out on the east of Johannesburg. And I got to meet so many cool athletes and, and heard some pretty cool stories uh, this weekend uh, about people overcoming some some uh, big obstacles to, to get to the start line and to the finish line. And I uh, heard a pretty cool story that I wanted to share with you uh, this weekend as well. And it's great to welcome onto the show, Gabby Rosario. Gabby, thank you for, for chatting to us today. Uh, you did your first 5150 on Sunday. How did to go. Hi Brad, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Probably one of the best things I've ever done in my life. So yeah, I'm really, really thrilled. I'm so chuffed to hear that you had a had a great experience first time out because uh, often people's first triathlons really daunting and they don't really enjoy the swim too much and it's really hard. But but you had an absolute jewel out there and it's 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 yeah, it's really cool to hear that. Yeah, that swim wasn't easy. I think it was a little bit longer than we expected. Um, and also the conditions in the morning were very um, bleak. It was um, uh, cold weather and choppy conditions and there was kind of like a little tide that was pulling across. Um, so that, that swim was a bit of a challenge. And But um, yeah, the cycle and the run were fun. The cycle was really windy. So overall, I think it was a challenging race. Um to, to anybody, let alone like a, a first-timer or or anybody with any sort of difficulty to overcome. So, yeah, it was it was... It was an interesting first time. I'll give it that. Well, well Gabby, let me, let me tell you, and to make you feel a little bit better, I chatted to Henry Skuman early on the show this week, and he was saying that the swim coming back was hectic. So the guy who won it said the swim was hectic. You know what? You're allowed to have a tough one. I think everyone. I think that sort of just puts it in perspective for everyone. So uh, it wasn't wasn't easy out there. Tell me a little bit about your story. You talk about overcoming things as well. You, you're quite you're quite active on on social media and on Twitter in particular. And you've got a personal account, but you've also got uh, a Twitter handle called My Possible. Tell me a little bit about your journey for for people who don't know you. And tell tell us a little bit about Gabby and 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 the story behind you getting to to the finish line of of that fifty one fifty. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, well, the journey started in 2008 when I decided to set out to achieve a physical challenge and I embarked on the, the burger, the race in Cape Town. I jumped on a bike with absolutely no training and I think the shoes were too small for me and I completed it not knowing what I was doing. Um, and then things kind of got parked for a little while and the inspiration to reignite the project was born out of going to um, 70.3 in East London earlier this year. I've never felt more inspired in all my life. Um, it was a it was a pretty emotional day if you if you take in all the factors um, that happened on that day, but moreover, when I saw those sixty five year old women jumping up onto the stage to accept their awards, I was like, there's there's no 
other way to live. You have to live a goal-orientated life. Um, and those, I mean, my mum's 65. With respect to my beautiful mum, she wouldn't jump onto a stage to accept an award. And I just looked at those women as inspiration to me that they are so active and have ownership and control over their health primarily. Um, but the reason why it inspired me probably more than the average person is because I have a very rare illness and managing that illness has been a challenge in, in my life. Um, I've had a great life, but in my, in my younger years, it was, it was pretty difficult. Um, I've had 28 general anesthetics, um, as a result of recurring infection. Um, and now I currently receive treatment. Once a week, I inject myself five times in the stomach and I receive um, supplementary um, immunoglobulin. So what that's for is um, I've got, I was born with something called a primary immune deficiency. So HIV AIDS, AIDS is an acquired immune deficiency that happens as a result of um, picking up the virus. A primary immune deficiency is genetic. I was born with this, although that there's no trace in my family. So they call it sporadic. The um, specific illness or the specific immune deficiency that I have makes me one of 225 diagnosed registered patients in the Northern Hemisphere. So from a rarity perspective, it's incredibly rare. And the, the flip side of that is I've been lucky enough to travel the world as a guinea pig and go to conferences that are patient-orientated during the course of my life. Um, the, the reality is, is that um, there are many types of primary immune deficiencies. So you might recall the story of the boy in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Years years ago, um, a, a young boy died um, in the States. His dad made him um, a bubble to live in because he actually had no immune system to fight against infection. That is the most severe type of primary immune deficiency that you get. It's called severe combined immune deficiency. And there's a scale of severity and complications and um, genetics that go into the diagnosis of specific types of immune deficiencies. So I think in the U.S. is about 100,000 people that are diagnosed. So it's very small. It is considered a rare disease, um, obviously. And um, in South Africa, there's an organization that supports um, people with primary immune deficiency. Um, and there's actually an acronym that we use for people who are wanting to know whether or not this could be something that their child suffers from. So it's the, the acronym is SPUR. It's SEVERE persistent, unusual, and recurrent infections that happened predominantly in a child, although I met somebody about three weeks ago who was only diagnosed when she was 23, um, and she's in Joburg. So it's around us. It's just not um, really addressed because so little is known about it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think before the age of three, I'd already had something called cat scratch disease, which is a very unusual infection. I'd had numerous um, operations, grommets, tonsillectomy, um, and lots of operations on my sinuses. The antibodies that I don't have are um, antibodies that protect against infection of the ear, nose, and throat, um, and, and mucous membranes. So. Swimming training when it comes to doing triathlons was a little bit of a challenge. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the illness that I have. Um, but, um, what I decided to do was take responsibility in a way that I've never taken responsibility before. And that, um, was about accepting responsibility on a daily basis. So building daily healthy habits into my life 
And the inspiration or the goal to do that or the reason to do that was to achieve and be able to do the triathlon. So yesterday's triathlon wasn't about being able to jump on a bike and do it. It was the build-up, the last kind of five months of building up to this experience and accepting responsibility and changing my, my habits. So as an example, the first 10-kilometer run I did in my life was um, the Nike Josie run last year. And since then, I haven't, I mean, I, I, I was barely in a gym. I didn't do any exercise or any training. Um, and then I, I, I carried on and um, I decided to set this goal. And I mean, as I said, I wasn't running three kilometers of training. And I've just done a triathlon of of a 10-kilometer run and a kilometers so yeah I mean it's just it blows my mind um, and it's taught me so much it's this journey in the last five months has taught me about um, nutrition um, supplements um, and what's really fascinating is that um, for anybody managing or dealing with a chronic illness like if you just apply the principles that a professional triathlete would use when they are training and they are at the optimum, and I mean these guys are are um, incredible. As the ones that are at the top of the game are, you know, they take it so seriously that every kind of calorie counts. But if you apply the principles that they are um, that they are applying to your own life, even if you're not training for a physical goal, your health should improve because they've done so much studies into. Um, the effects of exercise on the immune system, the effect of um, like a high-performance athlete's nutrition and what that does to their immune system because obviously a triathlete has to keep their immune system optimum um, uh, for them to perform at their best. So just take the rules that apply to, to triathletes at the top of their game and, and give it to somebody who's managing a chronic illness and you'll probably see an instant um, response to to their health Um but then the idea of a goal really is is about adding that sweet spot, adding that that sense of achievement that comes with it, adding that feeling that this is possible to me, and that's why my little project it's not a it's not a fundraising initiative. Um, I steer things in the direction of organisations such as Pinsir, the Primary Immune Deficiency Network of South Africa, um, and Rare Diseases. Um, which is an organization that is an umbrella organization for all rare diseases in South Africa, as well as things like the bone marrow, the Sunflower Fund for Bone Marrow Transplants, um, the National Blood Transfusion Services. I'm completely reliant on blood donations and I'm completely reliant on blood products, which is my immunoglobulin. So I'm heavily dependent on people donating blood. It doesn't always go to people that are victims of accidents. The product is used for other, other things as well. Um, and then, of course, looking at things like a reach for a dream. When I was a little girl, it was so silly, but when I was a little girl, I was a reach for a dream candidate. Um, and I swam with dolphins, which seems rather odd because, uh, I don't know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, um, really that sick. It's just, it's weird. It's like I've got a condition, but I'm not that sick. But, but it's, um, in saying that though, Gabby, I mean, the condition that you have, it, it is life threatening. I mean, you've got to be careful about sort of what you do and, and that sort of thing. It, it could, it could kill you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, swimming in the gym is like the first thing I did yesterday <laughs> when I got home was have a betadine bath with <laughs> two liters of betadine and savlon and, <laughs> um, and made sure that I had whatever I needed to to make sure that my immune system is, is protected. Um, you know, there's with, with training and with, um, with, um, any sort of high performance or at least I wouldn't call my, my performance higher, but with, with any endurance training um, or exercise, you have a window period of 3 to 72 hours where your immune system actually takes a knock. Yeah. So in actual fact, I shouldn't be around anybody for the next sort of three days just to make sure I don't pick up an infection. But I've learned how to manage my body and I think that's that's really the point of this is that and, and what the biggest lesson that I've learned in the past five months is that everybody has a story. Everybody's got a challenge to overcome. Some are more severe, some are less severe, but everybody's got something. And at the same time, it's it's about how do you reframe that something as a challenge from, from being something that's pulling you down to something that actually can become something positive. Yeah, Gabby, so, you know what? That, that is just so true because, I mean, Paul and I were out on, on that red carpet yesterday. Almost half the field at that African Champs were, were, were 51 50 novices. And I'm, I'm, I'm with you that I reckon if you had to go ask all of those novices, did they have any, any obstacles to overcome? Every single one of them would have said yes, they did, and they would have been able to tell you a story. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to chat to you, is because often people think, oh, it's so far and I can't do it because I've got this, this, and that happening in my life. Everyone has obstacles to overcome. So I wanted to chat to you to sort of get your story and, and, and hopefully that can fire someone else up. Maybe they don't have the same condition that you've got, but maybe they're trying to overcome something else in their life and, and your story can fire them up. Definitely. And I think, you know, that's why I called my possible. You know, like um, it doesn't mean going out and doing a triathlon. It means starting somewhere and what is possible within your frame of parameters. And once you've been able to tickle off a smaller goal, then you can set a bigger goal to achieve. And when you realize that you can actually do it, you realize just how much more you can overcome and, and can achieve. So that's why it's called my possible. It's, it's not, it's about what you think you can do. And if you are suffering from a chronic illness, be it lupus or depression or diabetes or anything, they, it's a, it's about setting yourself a goal to start and um, that you think maybe with your doctor's advice is is possible within your parameters reframe the box re to change your thinking um and 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 go off and and, and try it um and and see how it changes your life it's completely completely changed mine one thing from from yesterday's experience that keeps on coming up for me was just how privileged i am to be able to do this i mean you're riding through ekuleni um and you know the the thing with 5150 is that it creates jobs um it brings a good energy to a particular area um and any sort of sporting event like that is is really really good for communities and i just kept on thinking sure i'm so privileged to be able to do a sport that a costs this much money and um and I don't know, just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a first world kind of experience. But with that, I mean, it's also, it, it means so much to me that, I don't know, I'm just really grateful to be able to do this. And that, that gratitude extends to people who, ha- uh, who love me and support me, friends, family, um, people who have partnered and supported me financially during this. Um, I really, really value the support of a company called RMS Medicals. They provide and supply all of my needles. They're based in New York. That's how rare this illness is. The needles aren't even available in this country. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's people out there who have come out of the woodwork and have surprised me with their support, and I'm just so grateful. And, and yeah, I just think that the whole idea is open your eyes to people out there struggling and see if you can help them in whatever way you can. And, and that's, that's my mission is to inspire people to, to get up and, and get out there and try something, and, and I'll support them as much as I can along the way. That is so cool. Gabby, you set the goal to do the 51.50. You're not stopping here. I'm taking it. What's next on the cards for you? I'm definitely going to be doing 94.7, and I'm doing it with um, with the intention of raising awareness for rare diseases. Um, so I'm definitely doing 94.7. I'm hoping to do um, the Midlands um, Triathlon, and perhaps then if we if 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 uh, if things allow, then I'll work towards the 70.3 in 2015. Awesome. But I have other goals, like having babies. So <laughs> it's all it's all time dependent, you know. Brilliant. Well, Gabby, yeah, it was awesome meeting you out there on on the course on on the weekend. Congratulations once again, and and keep doing what you're doing. Your your story is really inspiring. Well, Brad, it was so great, and thank you so much for the support. I mean, you and Paul on the on the course, and your energy and your vibe is just so motivating, and it means the absolute world. So I hope to see you um, at the finish line again soon. We've chatted about it extensively on this week's show, the 5150 that took place uh, in Ikuruleni, the African Championships, this past weekend. Uh, and awesome to once again have on the show Paul Kay, who's back on South African soil. First of all, Paul, welcome home. Yeah, it's good to be home. I tell you, the, the first thing I did when I got home was have a Vita coffee. The second thing I did when I got home was go for a run along the promenade. And it was just so good to smell the salt of the Atlantic and you know, to feel that, that, that slightly humid sea breeze with the mountain on the one shoulder and that ice-cold Atlantic on the other shoulder. I finally knew I was home, and I capped that off with a groot breifleis on the weekend, which was uh, not this weekend, but the previous weekend. So really, really good to be home and straight back into the thick of things. You know, I, I landed on, on a Wednesday night, and Sunday I was already out near Worcester at the Slunghook Triathlon, which was a fantastic event. thousand athletes sold out. Awesome weather. And, of course, with you side-by-side side on the microphone this Sunday past at the first ever 5150 African Championship held in Ikoruleni, which you will agree was a fantastic event. It was, Paul. And you know what? For me, it was quite funny because it's the first time, and, and I tweeted it, I was thinking about it, it's the first time I've ever watched a triathlon. I've always been doing them. I've just never actually watched one. So it was quite cool to, to be on the other side. It sounds like you're the lucky one in this situation. <laughs> No, it was, I don't get to do them. <laughs> it was, it was, it, yeah, it was interesting to say the least, and some great racing as well. I mean, we we chatted to Henry Skuman on the show this week, Andrea Stein as well. I mean, the men's, uh, the, the pro race, and the men and, and the ladies race was was superb. I think all in all, the level of racing, you know, across the board from the sharp end of the field, Henry and Andrea to to those those last couple of athletes who just stepped over the line, unfortunately for them after the cutoff. Uh, it was really, really good to see people took it seriously. They had serious fun, but they also worked seriously hard. It's not an easy course, as you will know, having like Joburg try. Uh, there's nothing flat about Johannesburg. Uh, uh, the altitude and the dry air can also be issue because you're still really waiting for your summer rains. And uh, it was pretty darn chilly to start with, plus windy. So it was a tough day. 
But the racing was amazing. Uh, and before we get into the racing, what was also amazing is that more than 50% of the field had never done a standard distance triathlon or a 51-50 in their lives before. And almost half the field had never done a triathlon before. And that just shows you how, um, in my opinion, the brand of Ironman, uh, 20.3 in the full distance race, plus the introduction of the 5150 Bella Bella, now the African Championship, have inspired people to change their lives and adopt a lifestyle of multi-sport, uh, swim, bike, and run. So, you know, that's all good for the sport, and it's good to see that triathlon is growing in South Africa to the same extent it is growing internationally. Uh, the only thing that is not really growing is the amount of events people have to participate in. And the big reason for that is that the demand from athletes far outstrips the supply of sponsorship money out there due to the global economic recession. But from a racing perspective, I would have liked to have seen Vian Silva out there. I would have liked to have seen Richard Murray there. It's a pity Kent Horner wasn't there and Adam Wolf pretty much hung up his racing, um, racing flats. But all in all, Henry Skuman, on a, a slightly longer swim course due to the wind blowing the boys out, it was almost a 2K swim course, absolutely blitzed the field, jumped out of the water with a, with a, a two-minute lead. He managed to uh, stay in front on the bike, even though France's Anthony Costas caught up to him with a great bike ride. And then Henry's weakness has been his run until recently, but his dad is coaching him, and Henry's run in the last 18 months has improved in leaps and bounds. And he, he managed to play, and that two-minute lead that he had out of the water, he managed to get that back on the run. A superb win for the young man, uh, doing the double for uh, having won the ITU African Championship and now winning the 5150 African Championship in the same year. This really bodes well for this young man who had only 22, has a lot of bright stars in his future. And then Andrea Stein, I mean, the race from her, I would have loved to have seen also, you know, Colin Fisher there. Um, would have loved to have seen uh, possibly Kate Roberts, but I know they're all taking a break after a hectic international season. Andrea Stein has been racing internationally too, proving that, you know, with a very, very good run, you can win a triathlon. She had quite a deficit on the swim, especially because the swim was a bit longer than normal. She had a very, very hard bike ride, but Lucy Zelenkova, who's one of the, um, with respect, older ladies, of the triathlon, you know, former Olympian, 70.3 champion, Ironman champion, and recently joined the sub-nine-hour club for Ironman. Um, Lucy had an incredible swim, as we expected. She had an unbelievable bike, and Andrea had almost a three-minute deficit. And to make up three minutes of only 10,000 meters is legendary. I have to admit, and Andrea, I apologize up front, I didn't think she would do it, but next thing you know, she was in front, and so an incredible race for Andrea Stein. Won the 5150 Bella Bella, now the 5150 African Champs. She's qualified for IV, and her bank account is looking a little bit prettier than it did on Saturday afternoon with the 5150 African Championship being one of the richest platform prize purses on the African continent. Yeah, Paul, it was it was amazing to watch, and 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 you mentioned that uh, up front some great racing. There were some some awesome battles in the age groupers as well. You were saying it's the first time you've ever seen at the race where we had a dead heat in one of the age groups. That was amazing to see. You know, I, in a season of triathlon this year for me, uh, since seventy point three, you know, South Africa in January, right up until yesterday's race, I haven't seen a dead heat like that. Uh, and you and I both saw a lot of um, sort of. Uh, 
interesting rivalry and, and healthy rivalry out there with people trying to out-sprint each other to the finish line. But in the ladies, I think it was, was it the 25, 29 age category with that dead heat? I mean, it was a photo finish and not even the photo that tore them apart. So we had, for the first time, joint first and then a second place. So that was fantastic to see. And, and one of the great things about the 5150 series is that we have the elite age group, um, you know, category where the really good age group athletes can race and start with the pros and test themselves. And this is how we get better. This is how we get faster. And this is how we, you know, continue to develop the sport at the sharp end of the field. So that was amazing. Once again, Oli LaRue, he's lost so much weight. I mean, if that man stands sideways, you can almost not see him these days. It was good seeing him cross the line with Warren Brosnihan has now decided that multi-sport is his way to keep extra fit. Because let's face it, 80-odd in a rugby field. Yeah, you'll be reasonably fit, but not triathlon fit. And then Andre Nell, the big former Proteus fast bowler, you know, grabbed his daughter in those last 50 meters and, and finished his race with her in hand. It was really, really good to see. So I'm loving, you know, the, the, the kind of South African A-level celebs, the cricketers and the rugby players and DJs and that from our big radio stations and TV personalities who are embracing the sport of multi-sport, embracing triathlon, and through them racing, we are reaching a wider audience. And that's good for people who are passionate about triathlon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Paul, and then also just finally, you know what? Uh, I thought you've been awesome to us here on Tri Talk SA right throughout the season, giving us updates. I want to give you a bit of a punt. Uh, you have got a business, out. I say outside of what you do announcing and that sort of thing. But uh, for 70.3 and for full Ironman, you guys uh, do bike transport and that sort of thing. So if someone's looking to get their bike transported to the race, tell us a little bit about finish. Uh, focus on the finish line. Yeah, Focus on the Finish Line was inspired by me being a guest at MTN Cycling about six years ago when I did the Panorama Tour and all I had to do was ride the bike. Um, I'd be washed every day, serviced, it was transported on the trailer, my accommodation was taken care of, and it really made suffering a lot more pleasant. And in the sport of triathlon, you know, there's a lot of logistics involved. And for a long time, I was thinking, well, you know, how do we make it easier? And I went and did my first event in 2008, and I had my two kids in tow, and I did an international race at Ironman Austria, and it was a logistical nightmare for me. And it, I think it, it, it contributed towards a rather, what I thought was a poor result. So I was thinking and thinking, and eventually my wife, Kelly, and I, we came up with the idea of, you know, let's allow athletes to just focus on the finish line. And we take care of everything else. We do everything from flights, hotel bookings, transfers, mechanics, masses, restaurant bookings. And, and where we've seen a lot of traction, traction is in bike transport. Because transporting your bike on an airplane is a nightmare. And if you're going to East London, there's a very good chance it won't arrive on a plane. And if you're arriving on a Friday evening or a Saturday, you'd be lucky to get your bike in time for the race on Sunday. So we transport the bikes by road. Packaged in simple cardboard boxes, um, and then we have mechanics at whatever event we go to. We're busy with the wines to Wales at the moment. Any event we go to, we've got a, a batch of mechanics who unpack the bike, who build it, uh, do a gear check, brake check, make sure it's pretty much race ready. And then post races, when people really realise they need us, when you're shattered after smashing yourself over 70.3 miles, you walk out of transition and you just give us your bike your wet wetsuit, your yucky, sweaty race gear, and we take care of everything, you know? So the bike transport seems to be where we're getting a lot of traction. But, I mean, this year in January, we did over 200 bikes at 70.3 uh, in East London. 
We did uh, almost 3,000 bed nights. We did close to 100 flights. So there seems to be a demand for people who, who, who let's face it, people doing triathlon are successful people. They're busy people. And they need someone to take some of the, the you know, the running around out of their sporting lives. And, and we do that at Focus on the Finish Line. And I'm looking forward to tweeting soon uh, that we've got a new website up and running. And hopefully you know, people will check it out and, and they will want to make their lives easier and use us to help them get to and from the race. But the one thing we don't do, Brad, and I've been asked this before, one guy said to me when I explained everything we do, he says, can you also do the race for me? <laughs> no, I, no, I can't because I'll be announcing. <laughs> we do everything but race. But yeah, you, you don't focus on their finish line. You focus on getting everyone else over the finish line. 100%. <laughs> and you know what? We're starting to do We're starting to do a bit of international travel too. Uh, we're linking up with um, a training facility in Slovenia, which is very close to anyone who wants to do any of the big races in Europe to get a nice big block of training in. Uh, we're working closely with the likes of Reynard Tissink uh, and with my training day at, at helping them with their training camps uh, here in South Africa with Steve Atwell from Embark. So all in all, you know, there is a lot of scope for what turned out as a hobby, but now is very quickly becoming a real business. Oh, Paul, that's awesome, mate. Uh, what, what we'll do is as soon as that new website, I know you were saying you've just signed it off, as soon as it's up and running, let me know the links and I'll pop them onto the, the, the show notes for this episode as well. We'll tweet them out too. Uh, and yeah, let's try and send some business your way. Well, look, the big thing, you know, triathlon, as you know, Brad, is, is a small sport. And, and for us in the world of triathlon, we think it's big because in our small world, it, it, it has such a big impact on our lives. But in reality, triathlon globally is tiny. I mean, only about 150,000 people a year do a 70.3 on Ironman. I mean, out of a population of 7 billion, mm. you know, that's nothing. And, and, and what we need to understand as triathletes in the sport of triathlon is we all need to work together for the benefit of all. And I read a great quote today in the, in the Business Times where Pavan Gordon, our Minister of Finance, was saying that um, South Africa needs to stop being the me generation and needs to become the we generation. And in multi-sport, there is that strong sense of community, but still there is a competitiveness. But I'm telling you now, if we all work together, I talk today, focus on the finish line, working with Steve Atwell and Mark, or whatever the case may be, together we will all grow the sport and therefore we will all be able to grow our businesses, however small or big, in this thing that we're so passionate about, swim, bike, and triathlon. That's exactly it, and that's the exact reason why TriTalk SA was started, was, was exactly that. So, Paul Kay, as always, uh, an absolute pleasure uh, having you on the show. Look forward to, to chatting to you again and sharing the red carpet with you again soon as well, I'm sure. Indeed you will. You have just been disqualified from any 70.3 Ironman you plan to do on the African continent because you, unfortunately, like me, will start to get fat with a microphone in your hand. I started that before I got the mic in my hand, unfortunately. <laughs> as, as one of our previous guests on the show said, Mike Sharman, we had him on early on. He's doing his first 70.3 and he actually did his first 51.50 on Sunday. Uh, I heard him doing a talk and, and he was saying he was sick of being a fat lead. That's why he got involved in triathlon. So, uh, yep. yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment uh, did, a, did a, a longish bike this morning and I'm absolutely shattered I'm going for an afternoon nap as soon as I get this podcast out well I managed to upon arriving from Johannesburg yesterday afternoon smash a, a fairly decent tempo ride of about 45 k's in this morning in Hart Bay the weather was glorious and I had the most spectacular run 
five k's up to the top of Chappies and five day five k's back. I'd hate to rub that into all your non Cape Town uh, <laughs> listeners to try talk us. Sorry, Paul, you're breaking perfect, up. Sorry, you watch me. We can't hear you, Paul. Perfection. I know you can hear every word I'm saying. <laughs> I love it, Paul K. As always, an absolute pleasure, uh, and we'll chat soon. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much, Brad. Cheers. Well, that's it. Done and dusted. Another week of Try Talk SA. Thanks a lot for downloading and listening to this weekly podcast. Look forward to chatting to you next week once again. Uh, if you are heading out to Sun City for 11 Global uh, this coming weekend, I'll see you there. I'll be welcoming you home once again. Looking forward to that. Uh, it should be a great event. It always is. Uh, remember to pack the sunscreen. It's going to be a scorcher, as always, up at Sun City. Looking forward to spending some uh, time with you then and looking forward to catching up with you again next week here on Try Talk SA. As always, uh, email us, podcast at trytalksa.co.za. Tweet us at trytalksa or pop us uh, a message or like us on Facebook. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash trytalksa. So until next week, have yourself a brilliant one, and we'll chat soon. Cheers.